It's 2017, and guess what? A lot of us are still adapting to the changing world of work. Don't go anywhere as we delve into the book, Adapt, How to Thrive and Survive in the Changing Marketplace, here on Book Circle Online. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Welcome back to another edition of Book Circle Online. I'm sorry, I had a, a little bit of a mic glitch there for a minute, so if you caught me twice, that's all right. Uh, I'm your host, Katerina Kazayas, and you are tuning in to Book Circle Online, where we delve into all sorts of fantastic material as it pertains to books, authors, and content. I'm your host, Katerina, and uh, today I am joined in studio by Janet Newcomb. Janet, welcome to the program. Thank you. I am very excited to have you here because... As we mentioned in the open, you have written a book, you are co-authored mm-hmm. with uh, a number of authors, and then we'll get into the format of your book in just a moment, uh, a book called Adapt, uh, How to Survive and Thrive in the Changing World of Work. Now, tell me a little bit and about... And it's still changing. Yes. Tell, tell me a little bit about the drive behind the content, and then we'll delve into a little bit of how it was put together, but what led you to want to be part of this collaboration, this theme? Well... Like many things in my life, it just sort of evolved. Okay. <laughs> what, what happened is we had, there were a group of us who were starting a kind of a regular get-together because we wanted to write articles or write books, and we thought, well, if we get a group together and we kind of critique each other's work, that it would be helpful and keep everybody on task. Well, as things evolved, we we met every, oh, I think it was every other Saturday for a while, and we realized that we all had these unusual careers where we, we had just sort of woven in and out of different things right. and really didn't have what would be the traditional career plan. Right. And, and that we were adapting all along, and so we realized, hey... This is a book. We just need to take our articles and put them together in a book. So that's how it happened. That's how it happened. What I'd like to know is how did your career evolve? Because that's an important piece of this. Yours has, as you said, not been that traditional. And again, remember, folks, when we talk about traditional, we're talking about that whole go to school, get good grades, get a job, stay there for 30 years, get your pension, and retire. Right. And I think that's just dead in the water now. Right? Oh, right. Well, I went to school. Okay. <laughs> but, but I didn't do well the first first time I went. I went to the University of Colorado and had a lot of fun. Okay. And um, then I ended up coming back home after a couple of years, and I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to school. What did you study, first of all? You don't really have a lot of choice the first couple of years. You know, the only class I really liked was biology, and the rest of them I lots of times didn't even go to class. (laughs) (laughs) I'll admit. Very typical student path. Right. So so I came back home and I thought, okay, so I'm not going to school, I'm not getting married. I guess I need to find a job. So my dad said who worked at McDonnell Douglas, actually Douglas at the time, he said, you know, they're hiring people. Why don't you go over there and see if you can get a job? So I did. All right. Yeah. And I actually flunked the typing test. Uh (laughs) Back in the day of the typewriters. Yes, it was. It was. And what happened was they hired me anyway because they had a man who had been through so many secretaries that... 
nobody wanted to work for him, and so they gave me to him. Oh, my God. And that's how I ended up starting to work there. And I ended up spending, you know, my whole career in this company, which I never really intended to do. I thought, well, I'll just work here, like you say, for, you know, a year or two, see what happens, and then I'll decide what to do. But it was so interesting. Um, A lot of people say to me, you know, you're so entrepreneurial. How did you end up working for an aerospace company? Mm. Well, what was good about it, it was a big enough company that I could keep moving around. I didn't have to leave the company to try another job. Right, right, which is nice. Yeah. There's a sense of security at the time. So I did end up with a a nice retirement, and what happened at the very end of my career, um, I actually worked in every part of the company other than on the the production line riveting airplanes together so i've i've done you know finance marketing engineering i've been all different kinds of places and got to understand the thing that was great about it got to understand all the different parts of a business and how you need all these different pieces to blend together to make a successful business so um and then what happened was boeing bought mcdonald douglas so I got an early retirement package, ah. and it's and that's that's what I've been doing since then. It's right. just a whole lot of different things. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I call it a portfolio career. <laughs> <laughs> How does one um, transition, though? So you get this early retirement. Mm-hmm. You're basically told, here you go. Here's a nice package. Thank you for your service. What do you do next? Well... I mean, did you take some time off? I, I was going to say, I did, yes. <laughs> I, did I, I kind of crashed for a, about three or four months, right. and I pretty much just didn't do anything, just kind of Enjoy, enjoyed, relax. relaxed, yeah. you know, was thrilled to death. I didn't have to get up and, right. and go to go work every day and commute and all of that. So then um, what happened was, before I left Boeing, I had been trained as an executive coach by the Center for Creative Leadership. And I thought, you know, that would be something that probably would be a lot of fun. And I would probably be pretty good at at it because I understood all the different parts of a business. So now, is this life coaching, career coaching, a mix of both? Really, um, more organizational, executive coaching. Um, What's interesting is once you do executive or business coaching and you develop a relationship with that client, very often they do start talking about their personal life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it does, again, kind of weave into other things. But I think um, what happened for me was I thought, okay, I've I've already had some training, so why don't I go to a coach school? I went for eight months and studied coaching, read all the books, you know, practiced coaching, um, spent time in Santa Barbara in a, a group where we were doing that. And I'm assuming you enjoyed it. I did. Yes. Oh, yes. It met all kinds of interesting people. It was great. And uh, so then after eight months, I hung out my shingle and started doing coaching. And, um, and are you doing that now? Well, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and what's happened in the very beginning, I did a lot of executive coaching where companies were paying me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then what happened, I noticed there were a lot of executives kind of maybe in their 50s or so that didn't really want the company paying because they wanted to talk about things 
that weren't necessarily that weren't corporate. exactly. They wanted to talk about mm, what am I going to do when I retire? How can I maybe find another place to work mm-hmm. that I like better? Um, so then the executive started paying me privately, and then you became more of a life coach at that point. Well, a little bit. I mean, it really was more about. It is more about what am I going to do next in my life, mm-hmm. but not. It was more career focused. Well, yeah. you know, and, and the thing that I like about this book, speaking of career focus, is you know it's a collaboration. There's 13 authors, mm-hmm. and you've you've divided the book up into sections. Now I'm going to read straight off the sheet, folks, because I'm not going to pretend to have memorized these. Okay. But you know, you carve the book out, and it's section one is you share you each of you share your career experiences. Mm-hmm. which I enjoyed reading because each of you had a different path. Right. And I really got the sense of it's okay to have your own path, right? Uh, well, you should two, be on your own you path. Should, well, you That's should the be. whole idea. That's the whole idea. But you know, Don't try to be on somebody else's that, path. Though, right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, section two, you share strategies about easing into a career transition, mm-hmm. uh, which I want to get back to in just a minute. But number three, section three, is all about um, advanced strategies for success. I want to go into section two a little bit, talking about career transition, because you're working with these people. A lot of times, as you mentioned, they're in their 50s. Mm-hmm. Society has changed because for all intents and purpose, comfortably, most people are going to be living into their 90s. Hopefully. So, right. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. And maybe beyond. So if you're in your mid 50s, you may have another 10 years to quote unquote retirement, right. but you may be in a position where you feel active and energetic enough to want to do something, but you're sort of at a loss as to what to do next. So right. how do you advise people to transition at that stage in their career? Well, what I've what found, and, and actually this has to do with another book that I'm writing at the, right now, okay. <laughs> because what I've noticed is that if people have a really clear sense of who they are and what they have to offer, they can plug that in a number of places. Mm. And it's all about being clear on who you are, what you have to offer, what you really enjoy doing, and leveraging those strengths, Mm. and then being aware of what's available out there in the marketplace. But how does one go about doing that? Because a lot of times, and I know this happened with me for a period of time in my career, you are in a path where you sort of feel like you're a square peg and there's a round hole, uh, you know, round hole. There's, there's an article like that in the book right, right there. Right. Yes. <laughs> and it's actually titled that. There is. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so, so do you step back? Do you do a Myers-Briggs test? You know, what? Uh, well, Myers-Briggs is, is a very good test to show you what competencies you currently have developed. But the the assessment that I use that I think is really valuable is called the Bensinger Thinking Styles Assessment. Mm, which you talk about in the book. And yeah. what it does, it not only shows you your current competency development, mm. but it shows you whether that's natural or not. What do you mean? Explain in other words, everybody's wired. We come into this world mm. wired a certain way. And we either honor that Mm. or we try to be something else. And that puts a lot of strain on the brain when you're trying to be something you're not. That's contrary to who you are, right? So what happens, I'll give you a good example. You might see, for instance, um, in the law and in engineering, a lot of those people are very left-brained, okay? Mm I'm what is called a frontal right, which is a creative, entrepreneurial personality, but I have legal training, 
Now, the legal training was very helpful. But if I had to work in the law every day, which is very analytical, fact-oriented, mm-hmm. procedure-oriented, I'd probably go crazy. Right, yes. Because I, I love people. Right. I, love, I love solving problems. And the legal system is very structured. Right, yeah. So mm-hmm. what, I'm, what I'm thinking is a lot of people, they become attorneys, they become doctors, they become CPAs. Right. Because either it pays well, their family wanted them to have that kind of career, lots of reasons. But it may not be the best fit for them. Mm. Or they may find, um, like in the book where I talk about attorneys, they may find that they there is a place in the law that's a better fit for them than say, a traditional litigator. Mm -hmm. It might be um, someone giving advice to um, a corporation where you you have more people and problem-solving. It's a little more of a consulting capacity, right, right, where you can communicate versus just getting into the system. Then there's other people who are very, um, say, introverted and very left-brained, and they may love sitting in a library, doing research all day long, and writing briefs. Sure, right. Well... That might drive other people crazy, but they love it. Yeah. So, so it's a matter of really understanding um, what your natural strengths are and trying to really align your work as much as you can mm. using those because yes. it's energizing. And if you are spending a lot of time doing something you're not really thrilled about, it's a, it's a real drainer. It, it's a drainer, and it's also so unfortunate because you do yeah. see those people that, for whatever reason, have spent 10, 20, 30 years yep. In a job that they didn't like they to start with, right? right? And right. you just think, wow, what a what a um, unfortunate path that's been for them. Yeah. On the flip side, you see people that do have a passion for what they do. And to your point about energy, you get that energy. Mm-hmm. And that becomes magnetizing. Mm-hmm. And things just roll for them, they do. right? And, yeah. and it's kind of going with that flow Oprah talks about, right. you know, going downriver versus upriver. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. And that actually, that's the book that I'm writing now. It's, oh, a, it's about people that are over 60 that are still living vibrant, interesting mm-hmm. lives. And every single one of them, I'll tell you how I find them. How do they you have, find They them? have light in their eyes, just like mm-hmm. you do, yeah. still at that age. Wow, yeah. And then um, they also are doing something that takes advantage of those natural strengths, but it might be slightly different. For instance, somebody I met recently um, was a dancer all his life. Now he's over 60 and, and is in physical condition that he can't really dance a lot anymore. But he's now director of a school of dance in Washington, D.C. and teaching students to dance. And and so he's in that environment so, yeah. where he is still feeling that passion. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So you can deviate so you a little bit. So you sort of reframe and, it mm-hmm. in, a, in a different way, but it's still, you're still in that arena. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what, what advice would you have to someone who may want to make a career change? Let's say um, you're 45 and you've been a CPA for 20 years and you just know that it's time for a change, right? Mm-hmm. You can't spend the next 15 years in that position, but you're fearful, Maybe you have a mortgage. Maybe kids are going off to college. What would your advice be to them? How can you transition 
maybe slowly or in parallel, perhaps? Well, one of the things that you can do, first of all, I would say that um, financial security is an important thing. And you certainly don't want to just quit your job and go out there with no, you know, no way to pay your mortgage. But one of the things that I did a lot when I was um, growing in my career was I did a lot of volunteer work. Ah. And for instance, I decided at one point, oh, I want to learn, I want to learn more about marketing. Well, so I volunteered for a nonprofit company, a corporation, and volunteered to do their marketing for them. And guess what? They weren't paying me, so they, you know, they were thrilled to death to have free right. help. Somebody doing it, right. And I didn't have to have a degree in marketing in order to be able to get the job, so I just learned on the job. And probably a fabulous experience for you at the time, right? It was. Yes. It was. Yes. And, and actually, it turned out it was a, a school that my son ended up going to, um, and so I had a I had a real heart for the school. Yeah. So it was yeah, it was great. Have you tried something that you failed at? School. <laughs> <laughs> the first time. Right. Yeah, the first time I did. And it was funny because after I decided to go back to school at night while I was working full time because I realized I was on a career path at that point in time where I wasn't gonna go any farther. On that career path. Okay, you unless, knew that. Unless the president's secretary died. Right. Yeah. So I thought, hmm, you know, I can't spend the rest of my life doing this, so I need to figure something else out. So I went back to school at night, and what happened then, because I wanted to get it done, I got really good grades, and my dad said to me, he goes, you know, it's amazing how much better you did when you were paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah. What did you go back and study the second time? Well, the second time, what I did, I, I just wanted to get my degree. Mm-hmm. I didn't yep. care what it was right. in. I just, just wanted, I just wanted right. to get my little yeah. certificate yeah. and move on. So what I did, I opened up the catalog, and I looked at all the different things, the different um, Options, studies right? that, yeah, yeah. that you could do. And so I, I just picked the major that had the most interesting classes. And great. I studied sociology, and one of the, you'll like this, one of the classes I took was UFO literature. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got credit for that. That's just it was fun. fascinating. <laughs> and now I listen to 640 at night sometimes and listen to their stories about UFOs. There you go. Do, yeah. do, do, do. Exactly. Right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How important is networking? How important has networking been in your career path? Oh, huge. Huge. Okay. Yeah. It really is because I guess I would say there's a difference between the traditional, I go to the networking meeting once a month and pass out my business cards and, you know, check the box. And that's not the kind of, yeah, that's not the kind of networking I'm talking about. The network I'm talking about is just being out and about, meeting people. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's going to, say, a political gathering for somebody you believe in, um, volunteering, you know, for a nonprofit, um, going to the market and getting to know the people that, you know, behind the deli counter. You never know right. who somebody might help you make a connection to. Like I met you. Right. Yes. And we actually met at a networking, at a networking event. networking breakfast. Right. That's but right. the networking breakfast 
interestingly enough, is it's a group of people who get together to talk about interesting things. Yeah. It isn't a, here's my card and check the box. It's more of a building relationships yes. with people that you really um, want to spend time with mm-hmm. and can learn something from, and you might be able to contribute to them. And and like you said, you never know who knows who that knows whom that you exactly. know moves everyone and along. There you were, right. You know, at the breakfast, saying I host a show, and Come I thought, on. I, and right. I thought, hey, I have a book. Yes, about that. <laughs> so there was a really pretty marriage there. Yeah, yeah. In the book, you talk about something you call intrapreneur. Mm-hmm. So we all know what an entrepreneur is. Right. What is an intrapreneur? An entrepreneur is someone with an entrepreneurial personality that is functioning inside a corporation. So it looks more traditional, but you're actually, you've got the thinking style and the weaving around, trying different things Mm. that you would be doing on the outside of the corporation if you were on your own. Had you had your own, right. Sort of your fingers in a lot of pots. So you have a little bit of the safety Uh of the 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 salary, the benefits, all that. But you get to try lots of things. And so you were an entrepreneur for a while during your part of your career path. probably the whole time I was there really. right yeah because I would I would find you know I got my foot in the door kind of moved up the secretarial ladder to start with and then you know when I finished school you like this I was working for um, the vice president of government marketing huh? and so I went to him and I said hey I said I want to get into a professional job I, I don't want to do this the rest of my life and uh, I said why don't you help me get into the contracts department And so he said to me, he goes, what does a sociology degree have to do with contracts? (laughs) So being a little smart mouth that I was, I looked at him and I said, so what does your psychology degree have to do with government marketing? (laughs) And and of course, it it probably was a little more related. But he said, okay, okay, I will help you. And so he helped me get into contracts. I started out at the very bottom of that ladder, and it was pretty boring to start with. And I had to give up my uh, name stall parking place and all the little the perks, all the little perks yes, I had working perks. for him. But I was able to move up that ladder and learn a lot and um, travel a lot, and it was a very, very interesting job. Um, so, and did a lot of. Um, work with uh, the Navy, the Air Force, and the Marine Corps, and actually, um, at one point, actually had a contract to upgrade the communications in the vice president's airplane. Airplanes are fun, yes. So, you know, just a deviation, yeah, Yeah, which is really fun. What do you think is one of the things that keeps people, holds people back from taking that flight, that proverbial career flight? Well, I think it's a lot of things. I think some of it is the security of, mm. you know, wanting wanting a regular paycheck. But isn't a, but but this is where I'm just sort of stuck, Jan, because isn't a regular paycheck and and that sense of security just a fallacy in this day and age? Well, it does pay the bills. <laughs> it, it it does, but are we not, you know, leaving ourselves on a limb where someone can come to you and say, "You know what?" We're merging, we're closing shop, or we just don't like you anymore. Here's right. your package. Right. 
right? And that happens yes. quite frequently. Yes. And, and it really very often doesn't matter how good an employee you are, because when one company buys another, mm-hmm. um, they normally bring in their own management, and there's a lot of changes, and people get let go, even if they're great employees, right. lots of times. Yeah, yeah. So you just never know. And I, I think it... Um, I think it really, these days, it makes a lot of sense to kind of have your fingers in a lot of pies <laughs> because you never know, yeah. you know, when you might need to look at something else. Yeah. And, you know, looking at something else, I want to tackle uh, Section 3, okay. which we said was um, Advanced Strategies for Success. So three things, in your opinion, that pretty much will help determine success. What would those be? Characteristics. Um well, I'd say, first of all, being very clear about who you are mm-hmm. authentically, you know, what you are good at and enjoy doing, that's that's very important. I would also say um, that to the extent that you can have kind of a safety net around you, whether mm-hmm. um, whether you've saved money, whether you have maybe a fallback position where you can live with friends if you need to make a transition mm-hmm. so that you aren't in that fear place of, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do What am I going to do, do? Scarcity. Yeah, because that can be paralyzing, right? Yes. And if you have that sense of where is my next, you know, where where is my next meal going to come from, it sort of comes down to a, a Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. You know, right. you're not going to worry about your career status if you don't know where your next mortgage well, payment it, is going to come from. And it's from. hard to be adventurous right. if you're yeah, under right. all that stress. Yes. Know, and that shows, too. Right. That's the other thing. I and mean, that's off-putting, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're interviewing or you're, you know, you're meeting people, if you're under a lot of stress, it shows on your face. What are some uh, physical outlets for alleviating stress? You know, it depends on the person. If, you, if you're like me and you're an extroverted kinesthetic personality, then relaxing mm-hmm. is not going to relieve stress for me. I need to get out and walk. I need to swim. I need to move. I need to dance. Whatever it is, it's a, it's a release of pent-up energy mm-hmm. that helps me calm down. Hmm. That's really interesting. And other people that aren't as extroverted, then, you know, something quieter like meditation might really work for them. Right. I don't meditate well. <laughs> I mean, I, I will admit I have started doing yoga, but meditation is just a little bit too calm for me because my mind is going all the time. Right. You need a little more head. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what can I punch? What can I kickbox? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and the other thing I didn't realize when I first started learning about all this thinking style um, information is that people who are highly extroverted, they don't actually have, I always thought, oh, they're the ones that have all the energy. They're the ones that need stimulation in order to keep their brain going. You know, so it's kind of the opposite. And it's funny that you say that because, you know, people look at me and they think, oh, you're extroverted and you must be out all the time and you must be social all the time. And it's funny because I actually recharge Completely alone at home. Do you? Okay. You know, I need I need that energetic outlet, but I also need a couple of times a week to just be alone and well, be quiet. You may be uh, you may be a more balanced person mm-hmm. on that continuum. Yeah, so, yeah perhaps. Yeah, because yeah. there are people there are people at both extremes: mm. very introverted, very extroverted. But most of the people fall yeah, somewhere in, in the middle, kind of and they need a little bit of right. both. Yeah. yeah, both. You have a son. What advice do you give him? He's mid thirties. <laughs> Any career Get advice? A job. Any right? 
<laughs> yes, seems to be a common theme. No, for actually, our actually, what I have learned, <laughs> what I have learned in a, in a very long journey as a mother is, I don't give him advice anymore. <laughs> That's also a lesson well learned. And every once in a while, if I slip, he'll say. Mom, you said you weren't going to give me <laughs> advice anymore. So we just enjoy each other when we see each other. Wow. What advice would you give your mid-30-year-old self if you had to look back? <clears throat> you know, I don't think I'd change anything. Mm. Um, I think at the time, I'm looking back at it now, and I'm seeing that it all made sense. Mm. But at the time, I didn't know where that path would take me. And that's okay. It's okay. And actually, Steve Jobs had uh, had made a, a very similar statement. And it's one of his renowned quotes. Uh, and he says, you know, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. Right. You can't connect them looking forward. So you just have to trust that the decisions you're making, if you're being true to yourself, right. are going to be the right ones. Right. And I think you're right. I think a lot of times people get caught up in what are the Joneses going to say? What you know? do my parents want? Right. What's the status quo? Um, and I got, I got caught up in that for a time. But when well, your I, real friends yeah. will be glad if you honor yourself. Yes, absolutely. Those are the ones yeah. you want to hang out right, with. Right, right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what I'd like to do, um, mm-hmm. because it's, a, it's an important um, part of the book, I, it's page 219. For anyone that has this, first of all, of course, always available on Amazon, mm-hmm. right? Adapt. Um, it's page 219, and the book talks about 10 rules for growing a business or career. Uh, I just want to walk past those, read through those, and then get your comments on each of these. Okay. Uh, so 10 rules for growing a business or career. Rule number one, have a plan. How important is having a strategic plan? Well, I think you do have to have some sense of what you would like to end up doing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be perfect and all written out in, you know, 15 paragraphs. But but you have to have a sense of where you think you're headed. could change, mm-hmm. but... Yes. You, you, how can you hit the target if you don't know what you're aiming at, right? This is true. Rule number two, be aware and adjust. Adapt. Adapt. Yes. Yep. Yeah, here yep. you go. Adapt. Because the world is changing all the time. It's changing faster all the time. And you have to be pay attention to where the opportunities are mm. and grab them when you see them. Mm. Or pass it up if it's you know looks like it's not the right thing. But... You have to be really aware of what's going on in the marketplace. And the marketplace is changing, as you mentioned. It's changing quickly these days. Rule number three, continuously learn and develop. Important? Oh, I I think it's huge. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so much changing, and if you don't keep up with what's going on, how are you going to find the opportunities? And how will you have the skills and the competency mm-hmm. to do that next job. And to compete with right, the people exactly. that are going out and continuing to develop right. themselves. I, I think being a continuous learner is a very, very important thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that keeps you young as well, yeah. right? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Uh, rule number four, act in the now. Well, that's the only time you can act. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm somebody that sometimes worries about the future, and you can't really do anything about that till it gets here. You know, it's funny because someone had said to me, why would you worry and stress about a time-space reality that hasn't yet come to pass? Exactly. Right? My son, project... In fact, my son says that all right, the time. Right, right. So it's like, chill out, Mom, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, rule number five for growing your business or career is 
measure it to manage it. What do you mean by that? Well, you have to, it's kind of like losing weight, okay? If you don't weigh yourself once a week, you really don't know if you're accomplishing anything. So it's the same with your career. If, um, let's say, you want to make more money, you need to pay attention, you know, am I increasing my income? It's like anything, I think, um, to really know what you've achieved, you have to measure it somehow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Rule number six, communicate, communicate, and communicate. Yes. Communication is important. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. What do you mean by communicate, though? How do I communicate if I'm growing a career? Well, I think you... uh, I hope I don't offend anyone with this, but you need to get off your cell phone <laughs> and actually talk to a real person. Because How's that's, that for a concept? that's where you're actually going to find the opportunities. It's funny, actually, on uh, Inc. this morning, Inc. Magazine online, they had an article that they posted, and oh. it was talking exactly to this. And it said, you know, you think that you're being productive by sending out emails and by, by sending out text messages. of what you're going to get done is done via a personal relationship. Right. So it said, get off your phone, get off your email, take someone to lunch, call someone on the phone. Yeah. And we just don't do that anymore. I know. Well, and even, you know, like some of my clients, I I give them advice about fundraising. And there's all these fundraising techniques now with email and with, you know, all the social media and all this kind of stuff. But Bottom line is, when you're looking somebody in the eye and asking them personally, mm-hmm. please give to my nonprofit, that's when you're more likely to get the donation. Right. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, rule number seven for growing your business or career is control your costs. Right. That That's always important. It's important in a business and in a career. If you can live, don't live beyond your means for sure. Live way below your means And that gives you tons of flexibility if something happens. Because if you're living right at the edge and something happens, then you've got a problem. Then you have a problem. And that, again, paralyzes you. And you can't be creative to move forward because you're so stuck in fear and stress and scarcity. And in fact, creative people, they are the ones that have the most difficulty with stress because it does paralyze them. Mm. A lot of other people aren't as affected. But in order to be creative, you really... You yeah, really need to have free. to be free and yes. comfortable. Yeah, you do. Rule number eight, identify key people. Back to the networking a little bit, right? Yeah. I, I would say it, it, that could be a lot of people. Key people who might be able to help you with your career, mm-hmm. but also key friends that you know will support you when you're down and out. Um, key family members. Um, you know, really pay attention to who are those people in your life that go yay Jan. Yes, absolutely. You, we you all need, need those around you. Yes. yes. Yeah. We all need to pick me up sometimes. For sure. Yes. For sure. Uh, rule number nine, innovate. Well, if you're creative, that's easier. <laughs> but I think that um, I think the way the work world is these days, you have to continually yeah. innovate and find new ways to connect your talents to what's out there. And I think, you know, what's out there is really, you know, you see the business being driven by innovation. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is on the leading edge. So do you want to be part of the team that is moving forward or do you want to be one of the followers? And you see a, a big discrepancy in the uh, success and the amount of money that someone will make if they're sticking their neck out and being a leader, being, an, being, being innovative, being creative, 
versus not. But you know what? Hmm. Leaders have to have followers. So oh. everybody's important. Mm-hmm. And, and I, think mm-hmm. that's, I think that's an important thing to know. If you are a leader and if you are creative, you're the right kind of leader for times of change. Mm-hmm. If you're a leader and you're more hierarchical and structured, that's a great leadership characteristic when things aren't changing. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you're a follower... That's fine too, but make sure you find a good leader to follow. <laughs> Get on the right team. Say. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and number ten. So this is these are the top ten rules for growing your business or career. Number ten is play to win, and enjoy the game. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, if life isn't fun, what's the point? Whether if, it's a business or a career, right? And I think yeah. that's where people get tripped up. Is we have for some reason, a notion that we have to struggle to make it work. And I think that's just the opposite. The people that you see that really have knocked it out of the park have done so because they've loved what they do every morning. Right. And it's a passion. It's a hobby. And they may work hard. Yes. Oh, of course. But it isn't isn't a negative struggle. Right. Yeah. 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 And then you bring that home to your family or you bring that home to your kids or your wife. And and, um, I think if you can bring home some excitement and remember that we're here for such a short time you know that we need is to so just true relax a little bit yeah that um, is so true yes absolutely uh closing words for anyone wanting to thrive in this changing economy changing world of business and social media and the whole thing what would you what would you advise people in today's world just be open to opportunities find people that you admire and that you can learn from find people that support you and Enjoy your life. Yes, absolutely. You know, look at it as an adventure. Uh, I'm, many times change happens and people feel like it's negative, but it could be an opportunity. An opportunity. I had uh, an opportunity to hear a really interesting quote that has stayed with me recently, and that is, savor the unfolding of it all. Yes, you know, I like just that. Just savor it for whatever it is because like it's that. a chapter, you know, and it's a journey. A lot of people talk about gratitude a lot these mm-hmm. days too. Mm-hmm. And and I think that does help even even in hard times if mm-hmm. at the end of the day you pay attention to what happened that is good that you can have gratitude for yeah. and, you know, keep your spirits up. Yes. Yeah. Where can we find more from you, Janet? If people wanted to um sure. to find out about your uh, coaching business, where can they go? They can go to my website, www.focusedcoach.com. Focused Coach, we all need one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, for Jan's book, you can find it, I'm assuming, on Amazon, yes, right? Probably mm-hmm. the best place to go to. And, uh, I, you know, it's a fun read. If you're looking for a read for the summer that is full of stories and vignettes uh, and interesting Career Transitions. If you're thinking of career transitioning, this is definitely a book you want to pick up. It's called Adapt, How to Survive and Thrive in the Changing World of Work. Mm -hmm. Uh, We thank you for adapting with us here because we do change up our authors, our books, every episode. Uh, We thank you for being here on Book Circle Online. Friendly reminder to anyone listening that you can log in to our website, bookcircleonline.com. You can also stream us on iTunes podcast and also on YouTube. So many places to tune in. Mm -hmm. If you're a book lover, don't ever forget to join us daily because we are here. Uh, For now, I'm your host, Katerina Kazayas, here with Janet Newcomb. Thank you, Janet, for your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you for watching us. We'll see you again next time. Mm From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. 
For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. PCO, join the circle.